Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 176 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. It's the first day of spring. Justin, how's your first day of spring going? It's raining here, three degrees, and it's icy as hell outside, so not great. <laughs> <laughs> it was positive 12 here in Halifax. Oh, wow. Uh, the sun was out. It was a nice afternoon. Went for a walk around. Balmy. Lots, lots of doggos, uh, lots of kitty cats out. It was very cool. It was nice. It was nice getting out of the house. Yeah. Uh, and then I got home and I played three hours of Destiny while I was watching the, the Jays. Nice. I watched the Jays game as well. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, go figure. There's Jays games now for us to watch. Yeah, Baseball it's awesome to have it back. A, a real thing and not an abstract concept. <laughs> That's great. Uh, we got lots to talk about. There is some anecdotal crap, some more signings to talk about. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that's happened here in the last couple days with... Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays baseball team and their performances. Uh, maybe a couple questions will pop up here and there, but lots of fun stuff today. If you like what we do, check us out on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. We're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. We're also on BFMDPodcast.com. Um... Justin, let's just get right into it with the Jays news. Uh, grip that wheel firmly with those man hands and uh, take us away. <laughs> yeah, so obviously the last episode we talked about the Jays acquiring Matt Chapman. <clears throat> he had not quite arrived uh, in Dunedin yet. About an hour after we finished recording, as is tradition, he got there. Um, but the next day, uh, he met with the media in the morning and Hazel May tweeted out that uh, Matt Chapman was at the complex before 6 a.m. He knew he was going to have a busy day. He wanted to make sure he met all the teammates. He said he was now a part of the breakfast club. Uh, he could, had a hard time sleeping. He said it felt like the kind of like the first day of school. Um, so, but uh, no, it's great to see. Uh, he gave an in-game interview after he got lifted today, after his three at-bats. And it's very well-spoken. I think he's going to be... Uh, one of the public faces of the club as he's uh, a veteran and uh, along with George Springer has been on some pretty good ball clubs. Obviously Oakland's had a couple of good playoff runs in his time and, and as an all-star yep. and a platinum glove defender, he's got some, uh, he's got some clout, I guess he's able to speak out and uh, yeah, he gave a great interview. I was really impressed with the way he spoke. Uh, yeah. This profile picture that I took off of the Hazel May tweet, he's got nice, uh, he's got a nice jawline, very yeah. handsome, uh, handsome man. Uh, he did shave the crustache. Um, good for him. <laughs> I'm excited, man. I, the more that I've read about him and, and, and have, have looked at the defensive metrics and things like that, I'm so excited. I think he's just going to gobble up everything. And, uh, yeah, I expect to see lots of double plays. I expect to see lots of uh, you know, snags and throws to first, and yep. with Vladdy there on the on the on the corner, I, I, man, I feel so good about our infield. It doesn't even matter who's at second base, but it'll be Espinal and Biggio. Yeah, it'll be those two uh, in some way, shape, or form. But uh, <clears throat> no, it, it's good. It was interesting today watching when the Blue Jays brought the infield in, and Chapman was everyone else was kind of on the edge of the infield grass, and he was like halfway in the dirt, and they're talking about like. That is playing in for Matt Chapman just due to his arm strength and his quickness. He's able to play deeper than everybody else and still make plays. So pretty interesting to see that uh, that kind of a defensive reputation is already kind of being evident on the field where he just kind of is able to play in a different spot there where a typical third baseman would be. But yeah, no, uh, it's good to see him on the team. He seems to fit right in. Looks great in the Blue Jay Blues. Yeah, um, as anybody does, because they're the, the, one of the better jersey colors in baseball. So, the blue yeah. jay white jerseys to me are like, I think they're the cleanest whites in the league. Like they just they're just crisp. I love the way it looks. It's great. It's the the way that the blue, they are are like primary blue. Yep. Uh, right up against them. I when I get it, my next sweater because I had the JD one. Mm-hmm. Uh. I am going to get a, uh, oh, 
Probably a Burrios. Yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna get a Burrios jersey. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty safe call. Jose Burrios, yeah. If I had to like, do like a deeper cut, somebody who's not like the ace, I I don't know. I'd probably what would be another safe pick? Probably Jordan Romano. Jordan Romano is hasn't even hit Arb years yet. Yeah. Has he? Yeah. There he um. Is. Yeah. Like right now for me, I've got a powder blue Biggio and a yeah. blue Bautista. So I need to get uh, a white. And my old, I have an old white jersey with the Angry J logo. It's a Brandon Morrow yeah. <laughs> jersey. Oh, that's, uh, that's elite. That's yeah, an elite sweater. It's, it's a good one. I bought that one at Rogers Center, too. Uh, oh, man. That's yeah, 10 out of 10. the one game I've been to there ever in my life. It was uh, uh, a bobblehead day, too, for a player who we don't speak of due to some allegations. He's a Hall of Famer. You can put the pieces together. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so that, that jersey's in my closet. And I think the next one that I get will probably either be a Manoa or mm. I was thinking like a Springer or something. It would be a safe play too, but I don't know. I like Manoa, so I might grab Springer, one of those. Springer does have a modified no trade clause. I was reading all the contracts before yeah. we started. Uh, so it's pretty safe, but I wouldn't say it's extremely safe. Yeah. Or also, if, if Denny Jans never hits two home runs in a game, you know. Yep, that's an automatic. <laughs> Every time he hits one, I always tweet it out. If he hits a second home run, I'll buy his jersey. Hasn't if, made me if, do it yet. <laughs> if, if Reese McGuire hits four home runs in a single game, I will buy his jersey. Yeah, that's, I think that's about as safe of a bet as you can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about our the big man. Yeah. Uh, well, the not so big anymore, man. Um, <laughs> Vlad Guerrero Jr. is still a big guy, but there's been a lot of pictures coming out of kind of the work he put in on the offseason. Looks like he... Uh, Got some cut some of the barrel down a little bit, but uh, Vlad was asked about a possible contract extension, and his quote, which is uh, from Scott Mitchell at Scotty Mitch TSN, "All I know is how to hit fastballs and curveballs. The rest I'll leave up to my agent." End quote. Love that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. He's focused I... on baseball. <laughs> is it safe to say he don't give a shit? I think it's just safe to say that players don't really negotiate anything this isn't 1925 anymore this is what representative representatives are for like you don't go if you're getting a divorce you don't negotiate yourself because that's how you get screwed over you hire a lawyer to do it right it's you if you're buying a house you hire a lawyer to draw out the papers I, I would know i'm in that process right now you don't do things yourself that you aren't an expert in and he's an expert in, at playing baseball his agents are an experts at getting their players paid so i think it's the perfect answer it makes yeah. sense oh Oh it's yeah, only logical. <laughs> yeah, no question. Um, <laughs> that we're gonna talk about something that we've already hammered uh, home yeah. a couple times, but we're gonna talk about it one last time because I think <laughs> we can't say only one so many last times time. We, I don't know. Yeah, we can't. We can only go back to this well so many times. Uh, let's do it. Uh, Ken Rosenthal uh, at Ken Rosenthal on the Twitter machine. The Blue Jays have spoken to Guardians about a trade for Jose Ramirez with the idea of Ramirez playing second base. Sources tell at the Atlantic. Other at teams the showing Athletic, interest. Patrick Marsh. What did at I say? Atlantic. You do it every time. Yeah, Atlantic. Oh, holy <laughs> fuck, man. All right. Did you just realize that it's the Athletic? <laughs> Why did I read it as the Atlantic? That did is also look? another magazine. It is. Although, oh, yeah. You are anyway. right. <laughs> uh, other teams showing interest in Ramirez as well. Uh, still unlikely Guardians. What a stupid-ass name. We'll move him. Ramirez under club control for two more seasons combined, $24 million. Uh, question, is it worth it to trade for him when we have to extend him? And also we've got Bo and Vladdy to sign long-term. Like, is this? Is there any version of reality where a trade for Jose Ramirez makes sense by, like, from all aspects? Look, he's under a really affordable team friendly deal the next this year and next year. There's yeah. cl club options on this deal. I think it's like twelve million per year, something stupid. He's probably worth about thirty. Yeah. Um so yeah, financially it does make sense, but the guy hasn't played second base since two thousand eighteen. And he's only started hundred and nineteen games in his career at second base compared to six hundred and forty one at third, where he's played primarily for the last four seasons. Um not to say he can't play second base. Obviously, it's for a third baseman, it's the shortest throw on the diamond when you switch over to second. So 
from making the longest to the shortest. So, I mean, yeah, he could probably do it, but, and he's, and he's a switch hitter. So yeah, any day, the, any day of the week, you can put him in the lineup and it doesn't matter what pitchers out there. He can just switch sides. And based on his splits, like he's, he's a really good switch hitter too. And obviously the guy's got a career 278 average. So uh, it doesn't seem to matter where he, where he hits. I mean, he's uh 254 as a, as a righty and 289 as a lefty. So he actually does better as a lefty, but that makes sense. Cause that's his primary side, but you know, it's just like for me, man, like, yeah, I'd love to see him on the team, but after next season is up, can you afford to extend him or resign him? Can you afford to offer Boba and Vladimir Guerrero jr. Extensions a couple years later or, or a year later, you'll have to look at Alec Manoa if he's still pitching well and is still on the team at the time. If Alejandro Kirk is still around, if Gabe Mourinho is up and playing, if Arelvis Martinez is on the team, like there's a lot of, or if Matt Chapman wants, if you want to extend him, like there's just a lot of guys who are going to come due to Oscar Hernandez, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Like everybody's going to be due for contracts in a couple seasons. And you've got to like, you've got to pick your battles. Like Ramirez is a great player, but he's already 29. And you've got younger guys on your team, like the Vladis and the Bows of the world, who are under 25, under 24 even, and are among the best players in the league already. Would you not rather put the $300 million in front of them than a guy who's going to be 31 at the end of his current contract? I don't know. For me, it's... And the prospect capital that you got to give up for him too. And if you don't re-sign him and Aralvis Martinez or Alejandro Kirk, who you might trade for him, turned out to be as elite as they could, then you kick yourself there. It's a real catch-22. Like For me, I, I don't think it's worth it. I really don't. I can't be convinced otherwise either. <laughs> um, I think I think you're right. Okay, let's back up for a second. I I understand the appeal of him because he is pretty damn good as a player but trying to stuff him in at second base i don't know it just seems like a waste when we already have biggio and espinal uh biggio has great plate vision and can hit home runs and can steal bases espinal can hit for average yeah uh, i mean neither of yeah, them are a six and six and a half ward player like ramirez was last year though not even combined i don't think they're gonna get that high no, you'd have to do some quick math there beep yeah. boop, uh, to figure it out. But I know Espinal was over one war. Cabin was probably negative last year. Um, yeah, he had a tough season. Um, see, they I'm probably add up. up to like two. He was two. negative 0. 0.1. Well, well, that's not terrible. It's not no. as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um. So, yeah, like, but I mean, you said you said in our chat earlier, like, yeah, you're going to win more games in the regular season at least with Jose Ramirez in your lineup. Yeah. But in it's the long run, does it make sense? No, yeah, it and it's going because... to cost you. Yeah. They've been, we've seen on Twitter and everywhere else that the guardians have had scouts literally following Alejandro Kirk around like like paparazzi style. Yeah. Um, they're probably watching him poop who to t- probably timing when he goes into the bathroom when he comes out. Yeah. That's healthy gut right there. That's, yeah, good gut. That's good, it's good gut, gut energy. Health. Yeah, he's eating his, yeah, his Wheaties in the morning. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like for me, you made a good point. Like, yeah, you're gonna win more games with Jose Ramirez than without him, of course. Yeah, but it's not enough, man. It's not enough. We like the team. They've already quote gone for it. We're already done. Yeah. Like, if the only player. Uh, that's on the MLB roster that's coming off the books next season is Ross Stripling. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming that he pitches well this season, it might be an interesting trade piece if we need to go out and get a good reliever. But Strips is going to be a good piece of the pen, and he's going to be the sixth starter. He's going to be someone who logs starts. Yeah, but Stripling's not going to be included in a trade for Ramirez, though. And if he is, he's... No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying like... <laughs> I'm saying with if you look back, like, look at the yeah, team from yeah. a big-picture perspective. Uh, Strips is the only one coming off the books, which means we have a year or two of, like, team control on most players regardless. So with mm-hmm. that much control on so many players we can afford to empty the 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 coffers as far as prospects go but they've already done that they should just 
leave it as is uh, with Otto Lopez, Orelvis Martinez, Jordan Groshans, all very interesting prospects. Gabriel Mourinho, obviously, but I think we hold on to him because yeah. um, I think he's going to be a star. So you might as well throw in Alejandro Kirk, an attractive trade piece. So like where there are gaps, we can some of these pieces will get moved, but like they've already emptied the shelves. Yeah, the with only graduation. So like don't the Ramirez is going to net you more wins, but at the end of the day, like now is the point where you want to not trade prospects and just let everything refill. Yeah, it's for me like the only untouchable prospects are probably Mourinho and, and our Elvis. Uh, I think those are kind of the two guys that you want to hold on to. I think everybody else is expendable right now, but at the same time, like you said, yeah, like and, and when you look at it again too, you've you've got to have more players coming up that you get on these team friendly deals because of the fact that you're going to have to extend your the other guys, right? Like, you're going to need... Yeah. yeah. You're going to need another Espinal. You're going to need another Biggio. You'll need another Bowen of Vladdy, like guys who come in and, and produce on lower-value contracts. Like, now Vladdy's going to probably make, like, $7.5 or something this year due, due to how gritty he did last year. I don't know what the arbitration case eight. is going to be. Eight-ish? Yeah, probably. Is that eight? Didn't they settle? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen that, but I could be wrong. Um, I hope I'll they did. You, I'll look it up on Sportback. <laughs> but, but, yeah, like... That's that's this year, and then next year he's going to be probably twelve to fifteen, and then he goes up from there. And then you've got to sign him to probably a twenty-five to thirty million dollar annual deal going forward. On yeah, a long-term the extension. estimate, the estimate according to Sportrack is eight. Okay, yeah. That's so yeah, I mean, have. you're going to need more guys who can come up and be on that lower end of the two millions. Like, you need more bows, you need more Vlads, you need more Tyoskers who can come up get your feet wet for a few years, start producing in that second or third season, play full time, and then you can extend them or trade them later. Like there's, there's always a need. Like you can't, unless you're the Dodgers and you're spending or the Mets now, and you're spending over well over 200 million on your payroll. You just can't keep doing that because sooner or later, if you're not winning championships, it doesn't become financially feasible mm-hmm. and then you end up like pittsburgh and you just tear it all down or like colorado and then you randomly spend money on chris bryant but that's just the rockies they don't do anything that makes sense but yeah it's it just like yeah everything financially does not make sense for ramirez you'd love to see him in the lineup he's a guy who could hit in the top five mm-hmm. yeah but worth, again it's it's worth noting uh justin sorry to cut you off no go ahead strips is off the books in 2023 so that's mm-hmm. four and a half million that can be spread out across some of the key role yep. players in their next arbitrations so kavan danny uh tim Mesa, trevor richards uh and then of course obviously Bo espinal uh are all going to be due for arbitration too um and then the following year so 2024 Twenty million dollars of uh, Hunjin Ryu comes off the books, and there is zero chance they'll re-sign him because at that point he'll be thirty-seven, I think. Yeah. So no, uh, Randall Grichuk comes off the books as well. Woo-hoo. That's another ten point three million. So that's yeah, thirty-three point three million. <laughs> um, uh, strips will be long gone by then. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez will be an unrestricted free agent, so they have to shit or get off the pot with him. Same yeah. with Matt Chapman. They're probably going to extend him, though, because why in the fuck would you trade for him and not? Uh, and then Guriel Jr. Lourdes Guriel Jr. comes off the books, too. That's $5.8 million. Uh, so, like, they're going to be, they're not going to become top heavy because they still have one, two, three additional years of arbitration with Bo. So they don't have to start. They don't have to sign him until 2026. Yeah. Guerrero 2026 as well. Like, there's no reason to jump the gun with signing them. The the benefit of doing it early though is that you can potentially get them for a lower annual value long term, like what the Braves did with yeah. Acuna and Albies. Obviously, the Padres sunk three hundred million into Tatis, and we've seen how that's paid off so far. Uh, yeah. But yeah. It, the benefit of signing prospects, or not prospects, but young players sooner, is that 
they're not making 25 million in arbitration. You could sign up to 20 million, 22 million dollar a year average annual value over 15 or whatever years you want to sign up for, 10 to 12 probably. And then you're you're good. They might end up being 40 million dollar a year players like Max Scherzer and you're getting a bargain on them at that point. But yeah, I don't know. That's my opinion. That's why that's why I keep saying you need to sign them sooner rather than later. Because you don't want yeah. them to go into that last year of arbitration where they maybe you don't get a deal done and you, and you have to maybe for, get forced to trade them. You don't want that to happen. I think no matter what happens, Vladimir Grove Jr. is going to get paid a lot of money. If they're going to do pull the trigger on signing one of them for less uh, like less money, it's got to be Bo to be the target to do it. Because if you can get Bo for like... I don't know. They're only paying Bo, I think, $700,000 this year, which is fucking silly because we've already said he's a threat for 30 30. Um, I would, I would do it with Bo and see if Guerrero, or if Guerrero, sorry, uh, my apologies, has a down year, but sign Bo now to like a six year, $100 million extension at the end of his arbitration years or something like that and just like lock him up. He'll be less right. expensive because eventually he's going to be a $30 million player. Yeah. Um, lock him up for an extension. So you get him all the way up until he's like 30, 31. And you're getting all of his best years at the minimum amount of money. And like I said, it's worth noting that with uh, Ryu and Grichuk, that's $30.3 million comes off the book at the end of next yeah, season. Yeah, that's really one of those guys long term every year, right? And so. Guriel as well, so that's another five point eight. So yeah. do you, there is a chance they could extend Guriel for cheap because while he is a great, I don't know bat, if it'd be cheap, but it'd be cheaper than potentially trying to find a replacement, right? Well, I, the thing is, like, it, what it comes down to is like, who would you rather have long term, Guriel Junior. or Teoscar Hernandez? Uh, Teoscar Hernandez is only a year older. I would probably say Teoscar, to be honest. I would agree. So, um, I don't know, but they're both pretty damn good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think you lose either way. But yeah, long story short on all this is like, there's a lot of money that's going to be spent by this team on internal players coming in the next few seasons. So it's to make to go out and and get a guy like a like a Ramirez who you're going to have to extend or lose or or you trade him next year or something before his contract runs out. I don't know. Like it's just it's a tough call. And if you can get if you can get him for prospects and players that aren't named Mourinho and, and Martinez, then maybe you do it. But if the Guardians are asking for either of those two guys or like Alec Manoa, which was rumored, I think those are non-starters. Kirk is expendable is. because you've got Mourinho and you've got Reese and Danny who can play catcher in the meantime and do a, a, a great job defensively and chip in where they can. Like If, you're, if your number nine hitter is Danny Jansen or Reese McGuire, you're probably doing something right as a big league ball club. So Yeah, um, uh, two of Reese McGuire, Danny Jansen, Alejandro Kirk are going to have to be gone soon. Because yeah, Mourinho and will be ready. Obviously, Reese is the more obvious choice. With that's one, but then you have a tough choice. Yeah, and, and that's that's why I'm Kirk. that's why I'm hoping that they move Kirk because I think he's got more trade value and less defensive value than Danny Jansen. Obviously, I haven't looked at the advanced metrics, but Danny Jansen's like down years, uh, three years in a row, were are very concerning. Yeah. Uh, he, he threw did out a base runner today. Um, to be yeah, fair, he looked good well, today, so. and he 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 has power just like Alejandro does. Um, yeah, I mean, seventy games last year for Jano, he had eleven home runs. So if he was able to play one hundred and twenty games, he'd be close to that twenty mark. And the way he finished, obviously, he was hot. I mean, yeah, he ended up finishing in with a positive offensive value on Fancrafts last year, one point four WAR which is the same war as he had in his first full season in 2019 when he played in 107 games. So their slashes are very similar, but Danny has significantly higher defensive value. Yeah. But Danny's also four years older. That's very true. Yeah. No, uh, I, I, if you're going to, if you're going to prioritize offense, then Kirk is the obvious choice. But if you're going to prioritize, let's say more of a well-rounded game, then I think it's Jansen, but 
because and you're right because Kirk is younger by four years, which is a lot when uh, Jansen is 26, almost 27. Um, he's got this year and then two arbitration years and a yeah, free agent. That's while that's Kirk super, has, super valuable. Yeah, Kirk has team control and then starts his four arbitration years in 2024. Yeah, so, so like you have Kirk for five years basically, <laughs> so you can trade him for a higher value than you can Jansen and just based on the offensive potential of Kirk. And we saw it today with a home run, um, that he golfed out, which was pretty sweet. Uh, just, yeah, the, the trade value is definitely higher on the Kirk side of things. But I think also, I don't know, man, runs win ball games. Can Danny Jansen replace more runs than Kirk can hit? That's a very good question. Um, it's good. This is a good year, though, for us to figure it out. That's why there's no yeah trade. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jansen's probably going to hit eight or nine in your lineup, um, and Kirk can be kind of inserted wherever because of the fact that he can, he can even hit DH, for more power. Yeah, he, yeah he's going to DH on, especially if you if you end up keeping. A lot of people are thinking they're going to keep three catchers on their roster and then use oh that DH God, spot no, with for Kirk. They might though, because. Oh. You can you can DH Kirk when Jansen or McGuire are catching, and then you have Jansen or McGuire, whoever's not starting, to put in as a, a defensive replacement if needed, or a pinch hitter, because you've got Reese being left and Jansen being right. So I'd rather Grichik DH than Kirk. I wouldn't, because Grichik can't hit. <laughs> historically, historically, Grichik is the better uh, the better hitter. Kirk is younger. I understand that, but the on base percentage favors Kirk though. It does, but the home run, the run runs batted in, strikeout rate. You're comparing a guy with 69 major league games in Kirk to a guy with probably a thousand in Grichuk. So, So, well, you would rather have an inexperienced DH than you would inexperienced. So you're telling me that if you had the choice between Randall Grichuk and a rookie Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you would you would a DH Grichuk over Jr. No. Exactly. That's a terrible argument. <laughs> You're comparing. So in yeah. this case, Kirk is identical to Vladimir Guerrero. No, Jr. I'm just saying, like, if you have a young well, then, player who's a better hitter than Randall Grichuk, you're still going to choose Randall Grichuk. That makes no sense. I'm not. Me. No, I'm saying as of this moment, no, based on everything we've bad. seen from both of them across the entire career, Grichuk is the better hitter. No, that's 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 bad. <laughs> that's wrong. How is it wrong? Gritchick has a Look career 293 on base percentage, Patrick. And his career WRC Plus is 102. He's not his, a, career, his career average is 245. 245. What, Kirk's Kirk, is 259 and his WRC Plus is 113. All right. All right. I withdraw. Yeah, thank you. I withdraw. <laughs> and also the fact that Kirk's walk to strikeouts are basically All equal. right. Yeah, I don't know. All man. right. We're moving on. <laughs> okay. Randall Grichik off the books in two years. Can't wait. Let's talk about the signings. Yeah, let's get into some other stuff. So this stuff affects the, affects the Jays because these other teams are going to be involved in the wild card race and the playoff picture in the American League. Uh, Carlos Correa not going back to Houston in a shocking move, I guess. He's chosen Minnesota as his landing spot, at least for now. All right. Uh, per Jeff Passan and Mark Berman from Fox... Uh, Correa has an agreement with on a three-year, $105.3 million contract. It includes opt-outs after each of the first two seasons. So if Correa thinks that he can get a better deal for a longer term elsewhere after a good season this year, he's able to opt out and do the free agency thing all over again. There are some good free agents potentially next year too. Tim Anderson is one. Xander Bogarts has an option. And that option is important, Patrick. We'll talk about this other deal, and then we'll get into these a little bit deeper. But Trevor Story is not going back to Colorado. He's going to Boston. Uh, six years, $140 million. Um, Bogarts has that option after this year. Stories has an option after the first four years, I believe. And there is an option for uh, both a mutual option for a seventh year, also worth $20 million, So it could end up being a seven-year, $160 million contract. So, a couple of big splashes in the American League at shortstop. Story is going to play second base, though, at least for this season, because the Red Sox do have Xander Bogarts at short, who is a good defensive shortstop. 
Um, Jim Bowden, who is a, a very good baseball reporter as well, too, reported that Xander is going to keep playing short. So, yeah. Were you surprised that Correa chose Minnesota, of all places? I mean, every sign, around, everything around this uh, this deal is beneficial to Correa. Oh, yeah. In every 100%. way possible. He yep. can opt out. He can have a banger of a year in Minnesota in a hitter-friendly park. And mm-hmm. get. I mean, they're all hitter-friendly. A hitter-friendly division because that Central is yeah. not that great outside of um, – Chicago. Correa lights it up, doesn't have to play against Houston a bunch, doesn't have to play against the AL East very much. He gets to wail on arguably the weakest division in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he gets to be a, a super duper star in Minnesota. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck else they have. Uh, <laughs> so, Brian, I mean, he Byron gets... Buxton is still there. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I hope he can stay healthy. I'd love to see him have a full season, but that's been, he was very excited about the Korea signing. If yeah. I recall correctly, because they liked the idea that they're building a team around Buxton, yeah. which I agree. The uh, twins, falling off my desk the now. twins do have some young prospects coming up too. Yeah. But they're nowhere as close to competing with the white Sox. No, so, they especially are. Especially since they traded Barrios last season too, as we know. They're like a few <laughs> years away from being, uh, ready to compete for the yeah. division title. Yeah. But that being said, Correa and Buxton in your lineup, you're going to get lots of runs. You're going to get lots. You're going to get home runs. You're going to get lots of triples. You're going to get lots of stolen bases. I I would think. Yeah, and your defense uh, is very good up the middle now with Buxton in center field and Correa shortstop. So. And if Correa ends up hating it, he can just opt out and then yeah. go somewhere else he can take Apparently, his 35.1 million dollars and, and leave and leave yeah or he can stay there all three years make a ton of money and then three years later yeah uh, he's still in the prime of his career and he can go get a juicy ass contract from somebody else yeah he'll i be, read uh... somewhere that the houston astros ghosted yeah, Carlos yeah. Correa. i saw that on reddit <laughs> that is yeah bridge burned that is not good yeah, that's kind of like that's, the Freeman Atlanta thing too, and they just didn't tell him they were gonna trade for Olsen, right? They just moved yep. on. <laughs> I think it's worse. I think it is it's kind worse. of bad. Yeah, it's kind of funny because they had been negotiating, and then it was poof. Yeah, the ninja vanished. They uh, they they tindered him. Yeah, they, just, they were talking, and then something happened, and then it was gone. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, uh, it's a great it's a great deal and then the Trevor story I really like this one for the player because uh he only has to suck it up really for a year cuz pretty sure Bogarts is going to opt out. Yeah. Um yeah cuz Bogarts is making 20 million per year and yeah. he's worth more than that at this point. So Right as of right now Based on Fangraph projection, the Red Sox mm. will finish fourth in the division at eighty-six and seventy-six, which actually would be good enough for them to get that wild card spot. Yeah, because the Angels are projected to go eighty-two and eighty, and that's the next American League team. So your division winners: the Jays, the White Sox, and the Astros, and then. After that, you've got the Red Sox, or the Rays and the Red Sox, who are very close projections to one another. Uh, Rays projected to go 87 and 75, Red Sox 86 and 76. And then you've got some cushion, the Angels uh, 82 and 80, and then the Mariners 80 and 82, and then 50 feet of crap. And then you'll get the Orioles, who are projected to win 67 games and lose 95 at the very bottom of major league baseball. Yeah. And like Trevor story worth noting that since 2018, he ranks 11th overall in war in major league baseball. 17.1 Bogarts is an 18.8 at sixth overall. So, I mean, it's like you've got those two guys in the top. So in the top uh, 11 players, there's one, two, three, Three shortstops, and with Trevor Story being one of them. The only other, oh, f- sorry, four. Marcus Simeon, Trey Turner, and Xander Bogarts. So he's been the fourth 
most war producing shortstop in the last four years. And he just got $20 million a season, basically a little bit. The more Red Sox, the Red Sox problem is they don't really have a good first baseman. They have a, a decent third baseman. I mean, they have, yeah, <laughs> the third baseman. They don't have good. a, they don't have a great <laughs> center fielder anymore. Devers is pretty good. <laughs> Devers isn't a center fielder. He's his third baseman. You said they didn't yeah, have a great third baseman. No, I, I said that he's well, good. he's okay. He's pretty, he's pretty good. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's not a good fielder. Uh, no, no, that hitter, is though. that is true. Great hitter, yeah. <laughs> uh, they don't really have a center fielder. Uh, their, their entire outfield actually is pretty sus. Uh, their yeah. best outfielder is probably Alex Verdugo, and then their DH is J.D. Martinez, who... Is <laughs> that great? And then you look at their their starters. Well, Chris Sale's already Chris Sale's injured. out for at least a month. You got Big Maple. Who is he going to be ready? He's uh, June or July, is what I heard. All right, and so you've got Nathan Avaldi, <laughs> Nick Pavetta, Tanner Hook, Michael Waka, and Rich Hill as yeah. your starters. Tanner Hook's pretty good, um, but the other guys are. Oof. Yeah, Hook's got oh. a nasty uh, changeup. Waka is bad. Okay. <laughs> Rich Hill is very old, and yeah. the de- the decline could be instantaneous. If you mean Dick Mountain, he's fucking. He's four. He just turned forty-two. Yeah. Like oof. So they're. I don't know. I think their uh, starting rotation isn't very good. And then looking at their pen. Well, they got Matt Barnes, and then they've got Garrett Whitlock, and then after that, it's Jake Diekman, Josh Taylor, and then nobody else. So, like, they have half yeah. a pen, I yeah. guess. It's just, there's so many gaps. They're so top-heavy. I don't know, man. I don't know how you get, I don't know how you get the, the, the war. I don't know how you get the wins. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting move for a team who's going to finish in third or fourth place, so... But they have a chance at the playoffs, though, still, right? Four teams in the AL East could make it. Yeah, it's because the Anaheim Angels are still as bad as what they were last year. They didn't get, they didn't so. get there. They didn't get any better at pitching. They brought in Thor on a small deal, but I mean, or a short-term deal, but it's, it's not enough. Thor's going to have to win at he's least have to win forty games. games. <laughs> forty games. Yeah, he's going to have to win a shit ton of games for them. They need Mike Trout to start pitching too. He probably could. He can do anything he wants yeah. to do. I was just I'm on this still on this war leaderboard because I was looking where story ranked. And it's crazy that Mookie Betts is worth one more war than Mike Trout since 2018, and Mookie Betts has played in exactly 100 more games since Trout missed most of last year. And he's so Mike Trout would be worth like 30 war at this point if he had played uh, those 100 games that he missed last year. Hopefully he's healthy this year because like, we can't be robbed of the goat. Let's poke at this one. There's one last signing yeah. to talk about Jorge Soler. Yeah, Miami. And the Miami Marlins. <laughs> hey, man. Top rope. Hey, man. Miami is an interesting team because they play in a division that is kind of even outside of Atlanta being pretty good. <laughs> um, Miami's got a chance uh, to make some noise. They've got young players. They've got uh, San- Sandy Alcantara. They've got some other young pitchers that are going to be there this year. Yeah, Soler's an interesting move. A three-year, $36 million contract. Jeff Pisano's on this one again. Um, a pair of opt-outs in this one as well. Structured just like the Correa deal, except obviously a lot less money. Uh, opt-outs after each of the first two seasons. He's 30 right now. He could hit free agency again at 31 next winter. And, I mean, in theory, if the guy has a, a good deal, he may be able to net himself more than $12 million a year in a new, in a new contract. So, um this is another, another kind of prove them deal, right? Where you got a guy on a pretty good value at twelve million for for a dude who's a really solid hitter, hits for power, good defender. I mean, yeah, I like it for I like it for both parties, and uh, I'm, I'm watch out for Miami this year. I think they could be good. Yep, their pitching is really really good with Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers, all going to be close to three WAR players. Uh, oh, my bad. Pe- Solaire's not a good defender. I wasn't sure who I was thinking of there, but I just no. looked it up. He's not. It's I'll, okay. I'll walk um, off that ledge real quick. Their bullpen <laughs> is not ideal for a team that is supposed to go 82 and 80. They yeah. really needed to improve their pen. Their best pen arms are Dylan Floro, 
Anthony Bender and Richard Blyer. Uh, shout out to Anthony Bass, Florida Marlin. He's in there. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just going to come down for them, for the Marlins. Yeah. It's going to come down to can that pitching hold the lead long enough so that way their mm-hmm. pen doesn't blow too many games for them. Who in the hell is going to close for them? I guess it's Dylan Floro. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Who else is it going to be? I don't know. <laughs> it's nobody. Anyway, good for Miami. It's a great yeah. deal for both. Uh, Solaire will hit free agency at 31, probably gets signed to a stupid deal by the Yankees. Uh, so we'll see in three years. Um, let's talk results right quick. Yeah. I don't. We don't have to get into gonna, the yeah. inning by this. inning, blow by blow detail because – very similarly to whose line is it anyway, the points really don't matter. They do not. Um, Three games the, in. <laughs> yeah, the Jays. The Jays, uh, victorious, five, 9 to 5 over the Orioles. Um, who stood out behind or in the batter's box and uh, on the mound for you in this game? Yeah, um, man, for me. Man, honestly, uh, Barrios was interesting in that game. He was battling some control issues. This wasn't on TV, so I was literally we think we had to just follow the live box score basically. Yeah. But uh, he got two outs in the first inning. They brought in Graham Spraker to get the last out, and then Barrios came back out and started the second inning because it's spring training and the substitutions don't really matter at all. So, I mean, Barrios worked an inning and a, and a third and two hits couple uh, one walk and a strikeout um seemed like he's a little bit wild according to the beat reporters on twitter so shout out to them for providing us with any sort of knowledge of what was going on um yeah i was watching bichette i mean bichette got hit in his first appearance and then he, got, he drew two walks he was over over zero zero for zero with two walks and a hit by pitch so on base three times it's good to see Bo taking walks Again, not really certain if it was Bo taking walks or the pitchers being able to throw strikes because we couldn't see the pitches. Yeah, but that's, that's always kind of how it is, though. Yeah, that was uh, that was interesting to me to see those two walks from Bo. Um, a good sign. Hopefully, he can be a little bit more selective this year and still, when he's gonna swing, I want him to swing like he always does. But I just want him to swing a little bit less, if possible. It was nice to see some of the guys in AAA getting a shot. Uh, yeah. Palacios went one for two with a run. Groshans had a hit. Groshans had a hit. Malik Smith had a hit. Um, interesting. Danny Jansen driving in a run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a double nice. that uh, ground row double, I believe. Uh, yeah, Jansen's. and then he ended up scoring again himself. So yeah, there's not really an, uh, Greg Bird. The Birdman. The Birdman one for two with a walk. Uh, hit run RBI. I don't even know. Was that a home run or was that something else? No, not in that game. Well, anyway, nonetheless, uh, some of the young, really younger guys, the prospects, Orelvis Martinez, 0 for 2, Otto Lopez, 0 for 4. They really gave him a shot today. Yep. That DH um, there. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Guys like that, they're gonna, they're not gonna get a roster spot, but it's worth it for them to get as many at bats as possible. Yeah, and we saw Otto Lopez in a couple games last season. <laughs> uh, Santiago Espinal 0 for three, not a great look, um, but it's that's the, okay. Yeah, it's that's the spring. first game of spring. Um, the yeah, second game was more expected. interesting because it was actually on TV. <laughs> it was the Phillies, yeah, the Phillies. It was the Phillies broadcast. They're good. Yeah, their broadcast was decent. Their broadcast was really good. They they talked a lot about the Blue Jays. They highlighted Elvis Martinez as a, a top prospect in baseball. They even mentioned like Gabe Moreno as being the number one prospect, even though he wasn't even playing. So yeah, no props to them. Like this, it's always nice to watch another team's broadcast and actually hear things about your team and not just Homer opinions the whole time. Um, I found that some broadcasts are like that. <laughs> Uh, Vladdy did Vladdy things. His first at bat of the spring, he demolished a fastball, four hundred and twenty-six yeah. feet to left center. An Aaron Nola fastball. Aaron Nola fastball, yeah. And uh, Arabus Martinez did the same thing to another Aaron Nola fastball in the second inning. Yeah. Um, and it was a it was a pretty good home run too. It was, it was loud. Uh, 
it's got a very violent swing. And I know uh, they, Buck and uh, Joe were talking today, and Vladi Guerrero said that uh, Elvis Martinez's swing reminds him of Hanley Ramirez, just like a really violent, aggressive swing. And Ramirez was really good for a while there, so not a bad comp offensively. Um, yeah, those are the really two highlights because the Jays had three hits in total in that game yesterday. Um, yeah, the pitching was very. The pitching impressive. was okay. Um, <laughs> Tim Meza was good. We got to see more of our big leaguers in this one. We got to see Meza, Romano, and Richards along with Baraki and Castro in that game. Um, Romano had a clean inning. Meza had a, a couple strikeouts and gave up a hit. Richards walked one and struck out two. So like those guys were but what you'd expect pretty solid Baraki did, did give up the winning run uh the Phillies won that game three to two but overall yeah. it was it was it was a more uh, competitive game than the day before that's for sure I would say what interests me was seeing uh, Martinez hit that home run it really sort of awoke something in me as far as <laughs> like I think this guy is capable of doing a lot more I'm very excited to see him in double a yeah see what he can do yeah. he's gonna see a lot of meatballs in double a so could be interesting another thing i'd like to talk about is i won't pick on al Geyer, um but the more i see of ryan barucki the more for the further away i feel he is getting from a roster spot yeah i'm with, I'm with you there i know it's spring training it doesn't really mean very much but like at this point, like, I don't know who it's, you, you're going to have to pick between Barucki, Thornton, probably, I mean, is Castro a guarantee? No. If he's competing, Castro looked better. Yeah, 100%. And over the last two seasons, he certainly looked better. Yeah, Barucki's kind man. of lost his left-handed spot to Tim Meza. For sure, and Tim Aza, <laughs> Tim Aza looked uh, incredible last year and obviously is a lock for a roster spot. So the more I see a Baraki man, the further away I feel he's getting from being an MLB player. Yeah, I know you also want to talk about Malik Smith too in oh, that game geez. yesterday. He, wasn't, he was not great offensively or defensively. Very tough day for him. This is a guy who had, was touted as a prospect uh he had a he had a couple of good he had one really good year a couple of years, back in 2019 he get like 296 or something nope uh he hit 227 but he had 46 stolen bases there was a year where he hit like 298 2018 2018 okay. he hit 296 367 yeah, that's the year I was thinking of. 406 773 slash because he has no power to speak of but he did have mm-hmm. 40 ribbies 40 stolen bases he's got wheels but he's got wheels uh, but he's like the billy hamilton type right where he can steal really but he can't get on base <laughs> yeah like i would say like if he, if he could be his 2018 self he'd be on every team but yeah. he's not notably he still has a higher on base percentage than randall grittrick's career but obviously no power so all right all right that's <laughs> just no but listen <laughs> three strike three strikeouts yeah i i'm not gonna get too mad about it because it's whatever it's the first he had a couple adventures second in, game spring in training, center but... field the florida sun is no joke though too we know that from watching the jays play in dunedin at the beginning of last season especially that all right i won't be sun. too i won't be too mean about the error and it wasn't error it wasn't a yeah they gave it a double but they gave it a double they didn't give him an error but i mean score. he was shaking his head he was shaking his head after it yeah trying to brush it off uh it, it was very unfortunate i don't think he ever had a chance of making this team but no uh, no god no. i i expect we will see him in triple a yeah uh it's kind of sucks though because he was a, a regular everyday mlb player in 2018 and 2019 uh after getting the call up uh 2016 Those he bounced around already days, yeah he's he's already on his fourth team and he was putrid last year in the 47 plate appearances he had for seattle yeah I don't know, man. I don't know where we go or where he goes from here. Because... He either decides to be a minor leaguer for the Jays or a minor leaguer for somebody else because that's what he's going to be getting right now in terms of his offers. So, 
Yeah, he was he he only had a few games with Toronto last year in Buffalo, and he was he was incredible. He hit three eighty nine in his yep. uh, twenty three plate appearances. He was he was terrific. Yeah. The problem is that AAA pitching and MLB pitching is two different animals, and I don't know that we can rely on having a guy who can't really get on base uh, by swinging the the bat. Yeah. Uh, and then expect him to steal 40 bases. I don't know, man. I, I hate seeing players struggle when they belong to our franchise, but like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what you do. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's talk about today's game. It was a 10 to four blue Jay victory over the Pittsburgh pirates. <laughs> All right. Uh, it was a bullpen day. Anthony K started, it was originally to be Gosman, but Gosman said that he just wanted to throw some more live VP. So he did that today. Instead, he'll probably start Tuesday, maybe, or maybe Wednesday. Um, yeah. Anthony K had a had a, a one run. Up, was it a solo shot? I can't remember yeah, anymore. It was, yeah, it was a big bomb. That's right. Oh, whatever. It was a bomb. It was one run. Uh, Roberto Here's... Perez. It was a sack fly. Sorry. Um, what the what that run was? Um, oh, it wasn't a home run. No, it Why was did not. I think it was a home sack run? fly. He gave up a double to lead off the game. That's probably what you're thinking of. To Perez, I think. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry, Kevin Newman had the double. I'm just trying. I'm trying to go back through the box store, but. Uh, then Merriweather, Sosedo, and Biagini. <laughs> Shout out to Joe, he's back. They all came in. No hits allowed. Biagini had the only base runner allowed with a walk. Um, and then we had uh, our boy Vasquez here. Um, came in, gave up, a, gave up a run. That's Andrew Vasquez. He just got signed to a minor league deal. He used to pitch for the Dodgers. Uh, he's also a lefty, which is good for him, but his stats aren't so great. Uh, Maximilio Castillo came in, pitched two innings, gave up one run. Graham Spraker gave up a run. And then Hagen Donner, who is our catcher that we converted into a pitcher to start before last season, he gave up two hits but also struck out two batters to end the game. He was added to the 40-man roster, remember, at the end of last season. So interesting guy to watch. Um, so, yeah, bullpen day. The only guys who are looking to crack that roster out of there, I would say, would be Merriweather, Sacedo, and potentially be a genie. Anthony Kay's going to be in Buffalo to start the year. There's no chance he makes a big league team with how he's pitched recently. Um, yeah, any any thoughts on the pitching, Patrick, outside of what the box score highlights? going to be very interesting to see how the bullpen battle settles. I think yeah. it's going to be Merriweather and Sacedo making the team. I can see it. Over Biagini and Barucki. I can see that, yeah. Assuming it's two spots that are up for yeah. I don't know and if... Yeah, and there could be injuries too, right? So, could be that too. Great. It's going to be very interesting. Joe Biagini obviously had not a great time in Houston. No. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's a, we'll it's see. worth There's... the flyer, like we, like we said when they brought him back. So, um, it, it's one of those things where the spring training probably means the most. Uh, those four guys, Merriweather, Sacedo, Biagini, yeah. and Barucki, because they're the ones competing. For roster spots, pretty much every other roster spot is spoken for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Grichik looked good at the plate, two for three. Yeah, the the first hit was a check swing that just looped into right field. Hits um, a hit. Hits a hit, and then Matt Chapman hit a home run in his uh, first Blue Jay at bat, which or sorry, yep. second Blue Jay at bat. He uh, it was late on a changeup in his first at bat and flied out. Um, Kirk had a bomb. Kirk had a bomb as well as did the Birdman. Bird yeah. So Greg Bird's not looking too bad through his first three games. He's got on base a few times. He's hitting 400 so far in the spring. Um, that was really it for main offensive guys. A couple of the players had some hits. The Jays had 10 hits overall. They drew seven walks or six walks and only struck out seven times. So that's nice to see. The Pirates pitcher who was pitching in like the bottom of the or the bottom of the eighth, I think he threw two pitches right to the backstop. Melendez, like he just airmailed the catcher a couple times, so that was concerning <laughs> for them. They got a lot of two runs to score on wild pitches. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that was something to watch. But uh, yeah, lots of guys get into the games as the se- as the spring training kind of goes further along. We'll see less and less of these minor league guys and more of the regulars getting their four at bats. Most of the time, they're just getting three right now. Um, and it's cause it's going to accelerate a lot quicker, right? They usually spring training is a month. This time it's three weeks or just under three weeks, I think. So 
yeah, there's about 15, 17 days until opening day, something like that at this point. So pretty uh, drastic ramp up. I'm worried about the pitching, Patrick. I'm worried that the guys aren't going to be able to get their workloads ramped up in time. Well, that's why guys like Stripling are going to be so important Yeah. At the, for the first month, month and a half. Yeah, because I mean, we saw Barrios throw like 37 or something pitches yesterday. And if he's going to start on opening day, he means his next time out, he's probably going to be like 55. He's going to go like to 75, 80, and then he should be good. But like, yeah, there's not a lot of time. And there's only like, there's maybe, I think the Bleachers had 20 spring training games in total or something. And they've already played three. So, I mean, Brios probably has two to three more appearances in the spring and he's only thrown 37 pitches. Yeah. And they weren't. That's right. a bit of an oy vey for nobody... me. Nobody really looks great in spring training. No, anyway. I mean, you don't expect guys to throw no hitters in the spring, but at the same time, it's you got to get the work in, and there's just not a ton of time to to do the work and then go through your recovery and get your routine together. So it's 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 a little worrisome for me. That's the only thing I really worry about this season is is pitching health. We're coming off of really three years of weirdness or two years of weirdness with 2020 not really having a full spring training and then having that summer camp lots of guys got hurt there didn't get a full workload then a normal season in terms of workload last year but obviously still some weirdness with the covid situation and then obviously this year it's just seems like it's normal ish normal as it's going to be but i don't know i worry about some guys just not being fully healthy so or fully ramped up anyway. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It's but early. It is. It's always early. <laughs> That's our it's early until here. the 1st of August. Yeah, pretty much. But, yeah, it's it's important. The Jays have a pretty tough stretch just at the season. They get some divisional games right away. I think Houston, they play them like six times in the first month. So, um as well so yeah it's 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 gonna be a it's gonna be a tough start i think the first 20 games are against teams who made the playoffs last year so not not very an easy thing when you play in the al east or in the american league in general but the jays will have to get off to a good start but uh that's really it for today anything else you want to add before we wrap things up no i think we're good man i'm excited we got to get more games and i think things are settling down as far as signings go i don't think there's there's not too many huge names left. Um, for those of you who want to watch baseball tomorrow, it's uh, the Jays are playing at Detroit. That'll be uh, on TV on Sportsnet. It'll be the, the broadcast crew from Detroit, though. And then Tuesday is the Yankees at home in Dunedin. And then Thursday, they're back in Philadelphia. Or Wednesday, or Wednesday they're back in Philadelphia again. So two away games and a home game in the next three. I get to see... Detroit's got a lot of young prospects, so I'm interested to see who they throw out there because I want to see their young pitching. Yeah, the um, other day they uh, they or I, somewhere I read I think it was R slash baseball was like their opening day lineup is projected to have 502 career home runs. All 502 of them belong to Miguel, Miguel Cabrera. Cabrera. Yeah, because I think they're gonna I think they're gonna debut Torkelson opening day, which is super exciting because he's gonna be a stud. Um, yeah, and they've got a lot of really good young pitchers. So watch out for those Tigers, man. They were pesky for the, about the first three and a half months of last year then they kind of faded but they're they're kind of a sleeper team the next couple seasons if those if those kids all hit and by i mean hit i mean live up their potential um they could have a really solid squad them in baltimore man like people keep we we, we need to shit on baltimore for as long as we can because sooner or later it's going to come back at us <laughs> um, we as long as they don't beat us in the wild card game we'll always have the walk edwin yeah. and carnesian walk off so I, it wouldn't matter. The they bullpen. can win 150 yeah. games, and it won't matter. We still beat them in that walk. That's game. true. That is true. Yeah. You bald him Jimenez. My God. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that's it for us today. Thank you for listening, as always. You can follow us on Twitter at BFMB Podcast. We host a show on Anchor. You can listen to us there, as well as Apple, Spotify, Google, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Find us online at bfmdpodcast.com. Leave us a review, leave us a star rating. Let us know if you have any topics that you want us to cover. We'll be back in another episode sometime later in the week. For Patrick out in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. We'll see you next time.